You are listening to content from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. For more information, you can find us on the web at ChristOurHopeAnglican.org. And now, here's today's message. I love the passage that we just read from the Gospel of John. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It is theologically rich and beautiful. The first few verses in particular read like a poem or a hymn, and the whole passage reminds me of a piece of classical music that introduces a theme and then adds new voices that repeat that theme with some slight variations until they weave together to produce a richly layered tapestry of sound. John uses his words as Bach uses instruments, tying together several themes that point to a simple but profound truth. He has been a witness to the one who is the source of true life, Jesus Christ. The first theme that John picks up is focused on the identity of Jesus, and he uses the language of the word. The Greek word logos is is at work here, and it is a relatively small theme in the overall scope of John's gospel. The only places where he refers to Jesus as the word is, is in the verses that we read, right here in the beginning of the gospel. But it has an outsized importance. It sets the tone for the introduction. It it has rich, rich theology. He introduces the idea of the word in, again, what sounds like a poem or hymn. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is like opening a piece of music with a blast of fanfare from the brass section. There's no slow buildup to the moment of startling revelation here. We're accustomed at this point, you and I, to thinking of Jesus as the second person of the Trinity, the Son who is co-equal with the Father, but nowhere else in Scripture is this pronounced so clearly or with such unambiguous confidence. At the time that he wrote it, this was, this was like just dropping an amazing proclamation before his audience, where they would have seen here clearly the claims that he was going to be making in his gospel, that he's going to be supporting throughout the rest of his gospel. Jesus is God. The Word is eternally existent. He was there in the beginning, and he's somehow both separate from God in a way that he can be said to be with him and so closely identified with God that he can be said to be God. And John does this, Uh, this statement of Christ's identity, of this divine identity, of his identity with God in a brilliant way where he has echoes of Genesis 1, where he says, in the beginning was the word, echoing in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he does so, the way that he does this, his focus on the identity of Christ, his revelation of, of, of Jesus as a person in the Trinity, the person of, of God, does not take place in a vacuum. It's not just an abstract theological statement that we can then assent to and say, yes, I believe that Jesus is divine. He does it in a way that is pointing to Jesus as the source of all life. He does it, it makes this more explicit in the next couple of verses, where he points again to that creation theme, and he says, he was in the beginning with God, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. John wants us to know not just that Jesus is equal to God, but, but that he is the source of life. He's the source of this physical life that we have. 
everything that is, the earth that we stand on, the sun that shines upon us, trees that wave in the breeze, the animals that scamper about, and most importantly, our human life, our very human life, is, is, depends upon him for its existence. When we come together and we're still celebrating the season of Christmas, John is, is telling us right here that the little boy that was born to Mary in a stable was also her creator. She came into being through his gracious thought and proclamation long before he was in her womb. This is a moment to stop and wonder at the message of Christmas. Just to stop and, and appreciate in awe what it is that we're actually saying. The eternal God has made his home among us. He came as a vulnerable, tiny little babe. But it also prepares us for John's second theme that he weaves into this, this rich theological tapestry, which expounds upon the reason that Jesus came. For his second theme, John takes up the image of light. He introduces the light in verse 4 when he says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And at first, this could sound like it's just a restatement of that first theme, that, that he created all things, that perhaps it's something to do like our, our animus, our ability to move, our ability to have life is, is dependent upon Jesus. And while that's true because that comes out in his focus on creation, he's actually going further, and that becomes clear by the time that we come into verse 5, where he says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Because the land that Jesus came into was a land of darkness, a land that was devoid of life. Because light and life are basically synonymous here. It says that his life was the light of men. They're joined together, where light and life are connected. And Jesus walked into a land of darkness, a land that is devoid of life. Now, obviously, there were people walking around and animals, and he was born into a cacophony of noise being born in a stable. But within this, still he can say that there was no life. There was darkness of what he was stepping into. And this is pointing back to the reality of the fall, the fact that at the fall, we died. Spiritually, we are dead. We are cut off from God. We are cut off from our Creator in a way that we were never intended to be. We were intended to have this, this deep, eternal connection with God. We were intended to have eternal life a rich, true life, and that is what is missing from the world before Jesus. And Jesus comes into the darkness, and he is the light. He is the life. John develops this theme throughout his gospel. In fact, he finds these very words on the lips of Jesus. In some ways, this, this prologue here, beginning, explains what Jesus is saying when he makes statements like, I am the light of the world, in John 8, 2. And when he says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are statements that really John is saying are the same thing, that he is the only one in whom there is true life. And therefore, if we want to look for true life, we can look for it nowhere except in Jesus. Anywhere else that we look will fall short. Because without him, before he came into the world, it was a land of darkness. There were no other sources of light. There are not competing sources of light that we can say, I can find it here or there or maybe in Jesus too. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. And this is what John wants to make apparent right here at the very beginning of his gospel. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. 
the only way to salvation, the only way that we can restore that broken, severed connection that we have with God the Father is in Jesus. This is why it's so important that Jesus was right there at creation. As he's talking about that, is because if there was some other source of life apart from Jesus, if somehow, if God the Father was granting life apart from Jesus in the beginning, then it, it undermines what John is saying here. But he's pointing to these two things together. Our created life and our eternal life are coming from the same source because it is the source of life, the only place that we can go to and look for life. And of course, we have a tendency to want to, um, to look for it all in, in all sorts of other places, ways that we scramble and look for ways to, to bring back life to ourselves because we feel that lack and that need. We see the need in our world, we see the need in ourselves, and we scramble and look for light, and we, even though we have this proclamation before us, can miss it and start to look for it in all sorts of other places. And John wants us to remember there is only a single source of life. There is only a single source of light. We cannot go anywhere else. The third theme that John weaves into this, though, is, is the theme of witness. He Basically, he's answering the question of how can he possibly make such bold claims? Because this is a new understanding, as far as the Jews were, of, of who God is of God in this, in this person, and God in eternally in multiple persons. The fact that the Word was with God and the Word was God, this is an incredibly bold claim, and so it requires evidence. It requires support. And John points to witnesses as the support. And this sets up his entire Gospel of John. Is he had, th- runs this thread of witness, of seeing and, and explaining and revealing who Jesus is throughout it. But right here at the very beginning... He points to John the Baptist, not the same as the John that wrote the book, as the first witness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he doesn't identify him as as the other Gospels do right here. He doesn't identify him out front as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. He doesn't mention his baptismal ministry at all yet. That comes a little bit later. But there was a man sent from John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. This was the purpose of John. This is, this is what John the, ba- John the author is pointing to himself as his purpose as well. But first, the first witness on the, on the scene was John the Baptist, seeing the light and pointing to it, saying this is it, giving testimony and showing the way that it fulfilled the scriptures, that it was not something that he was just making up anew, but it was something that he could say, this is in accordance with what God has proclaimed, what God has done. So John the Baptist becomes the first witness, and this theme of witness is really important again throughout the entire book of John and this prologue, because he wants us to see that they have seen the light, so that his words that he's telling us are true. As he explains who Jesus is, as he wants us to know there is no other way to salvation, there is no other way to life, and he's basing that on what he has seen, on the testimony of witnesses. Now, not everyone who came into contact with Jesus was a witness in this way. Not everyone who walked alongside Jesus recognized him as the light and the source of life. 
And this is what John says as well. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. There's this great irony that we have this desperate need. We're a people who walk in darkness. We have this desperate need for life and light. And yet, for many people, it walked right past them on the streets, and they never saw it. They came, and, they came and perhaps were even present at some of the same events that John records, but they missed what was going on. Their eyes were so shrouded that they couldn't recognize the light. And John recognizes this as a tragedy. That he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. He was rejected. He was turned away. but it doesn't undermine the truth of what he's saying. Because he says to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There's this opportunity here for new creation. Just as there's this echo of, of Genesis and, and John, that in the beginning was the Word, and in the beginning God created. There's this other echo here of, in the, we are at the beginning of our life we are born, but when we encounter Jesus, we have this opportunity to be born again, to again enter into life, to become children of God, and to know our identity differently. Because there are witnesses, because the light has come, we have a responsibility to respond to the light. And the responsibility that we have is to receive and believe. There's nothing that we can do here to, to manufacture some alternate side source of light. There's nothing we can do to find life again apart from him. All we can do is look and recognize that we have seen the light, that he has walked among us, and we can respond to that by receiving his testimony, by receiving and believing he is who he says he is. And in that belief, in that act of faith, when our eyes are open to Jesus as the light who has come down, we are brought up and become children of God in a way that is beautiful and rich. This is the response of Isaiah 61 that was read, our Old Testament reading, is is a response to God's salvation. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. This is the beauty of what we are called to. We respond and we receive and then we are clothed. All of this is God's activity, God's work in us. God making us anew. God bringing us into new life. But it happens through the person of Jesus. This is the only way that it happens because he is the only source of life. John, of course, was not the only witness. He builds upon it and, and sort of repeats several of these themes with some varieties. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, we are seeing the word coming back in, and the word made flesh. 
reminding us that this is not just some sort of abstract concept coming down, but a person who came. The God himself dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. He, he made his home with us in the same way that when the Israelites wandered through the desert, God made his home with them. As they carried around and built this tabernacle, Jesus has come into our journey, into our sojourn, and made his home with us so that we might have an encounter with the true life, with the, with the real, true light of God. Then John bore witness about him and cried out. And then from this, you see, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Now John is speaking from his own experience, not just pointing to John the Baptist's witness, but he's speaking from his own experience as witness that he also walked alongside and saw the light in Jesus. And in that, he received grace upon grace. He saw him as the fulfillment of the law. He saw grace and truth coming through Jesus Christ. And he himself, as a witness, was born up into this great song that has been begun since the very beginning, in the beginning, at the, the song of creation, now John himself is woven into that song in a way that is new, that he is brought into the life and the light of Jesus. And he himself becomes a witness. John the Baptist was a witness, and now John the author is a witness, and now he invites all of us to receive, to believe, and to see the light, and to become witnesses ourselves. This is how this theme comes together. We, we see Jesus as the Word. We understand who He is. We believe. We receive and believe. And the light and the life that is in Him is now given to us because the light that was in Him was the life of men. And now we are brought into that life and we become witnesses. We become ones who testify to what it is that God has done for us. That's what we do here in this Christmas season is we celebrate and testify to this is what God has done. Has the word has become flesh. We have seen the light and life of Christ, and we rejoice, for we have been brought in to this song. We have been incorporated into the work that he has been doing from the very beginning. The life that was lost in us is restored if we turn to him, and only to him. We are a people who have seen much darkness, but we have also seen the light. And the gospel is full of rejection and tragedy. It's full of the cross. But John reminds us right at the beginning as we look at that, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that's a reminder for all of us that whatever we are going through, whatever struggles we might have, whatever we might see and wonder if maybe the darkness has overcome the light, it's a reminder here that as we are witnesses of who Jesus is, we stand up and say, no. The light that was in him is now in me. The light that was in him is now in you. He has given us the light, the life that we might have it and carry it into the world and continue to be witnesses of what he has done. This is the story of the gospel. 
We were dead, and now we have life. We were in darkness, and now we have light. This is the invitation that we have, to be brought into this grand story, to this grand song, but it only comes through Jesus. It only comes with open hands where we receive what he gives us. We receive him and nothing else. Nowhere else can we turn to find life. Nothing else will satisfy. We look to Christ alone because he alone is the word. He alone is the source of light and life that we so desperately need. So respond yourself as witnesses. Stand up and testify to the light that you have seen. Carry it with you out into the world, bearing witness to who Jesus is, the source of light and life. Bear witness to yourself. Remind yourself of that identity. Bear witness to your family. Encourage one another. Bear witness to those who are still in darkness, who have not seen the light and the life that comes through Christ. That they may too be brought up and brought into this great song God is singing from the very beginning of creation. Amen. This sermon is an audio ministry from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you are in the area and would like to learn more about how you can worship with us in person or online, please visit us on the web at www.christourhopeanglican.org.